You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We're so glad to be back here. We love Alabama. Amen. I'm telling you, now this this will uh, 40, we'll be traveling 41 years next April together. And I'm here to tell you, woo, you just don't don't think it's gonna get boring. It's bad. Things are turning up. God is a God who is more than enough. All things are possible with him. And if there's ever been a day to hook up with what God's doing. I'm telling you, things are not decreasing, they're increasing. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad in the last days he said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Jesus is Lord of all. And you know, when he says in Philippians chapter 2, it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. How many of you know he says that? See, God is at work, but he's at work in you, in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. In other words, God's power creates in you not only the will, but the power to achieve what he has purposed for you. But he says in the few verses before that, that he has given him a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. It is that God that is at work in you, that is master and ruler over all. When we were, uh, Cindy was going through a difficult time with uh, uh, her family, and she asked for prayer, and we were um, uh, just, it was just a difficult time. Aren't you glad that Jesus is still Lord in the middle of the storm? But she had asked me, you know, to pray, and I was praying, and I was actually getting ready for my day, and as I was praying, this song that we're getting ready to sing, I started singing during my prayer. And I, I, I felt as I was singing it for the person I was praying for. Uh, the, the person that Cindy, her, her um, mother, was having a hard time, and, and always, it's sometimes when people are going through hard times, they forget. They forget things that anchor their lives. But God's love is there to, to, to support them and bring them up. Yes. And we never judge. We never say, oh, man, they should know better. Aren't you glad God doesn't do that with you? Yeah. And so, um, so we do unto others as we would want them to do unto us. And so I, was, I felt like I was singing this for her because it's just almost like sometimes that's what trouble does. It gets your eyes off the promise of God. You know, faith is just simply, you either take, a, a, a fear takes hold of the problem, faith takes hold of the promise, or you could say it takes hold of you. And so I started singing this song and I remember Dick Mills. You remember, was it Dick Mills? Yeah, it was Dick Mills. A few years back, he, he recently went home a few years ago, but he, uh, he literally would walk, when we would do meetings, he would go through the crowd and he would give people a word from God. And there, a word of, the, word of the scripture. Literally a word from the Bible that he uh, had received by the Spirit. And he, would, and we, he was just well known for the way he ministered. And anyway, we were, we were in the back room after the meeting. And he called me over. And he was in his 70s at that time. And, and he, held, he said, I want to tell you something. He held my hand so tight it hurt. I'll never forget it, but I didn't move. And he said, I want to tell you something my mother told me. And he said, you know, my mother was the one that wrote, and some of y'all will remember this song from uh, years before, if I can. Thou art worthy. Any key. Low key. Thou art worthy. That's a good one. No, but you can do it a little. Thou art worthy. There you go. You mean by remember that song? Thou art worthy, oh Lord. You remember that song? He said, my mother wrote that song. And he said, I'm going to tell you something she told me. She said, son, songs from the Lord are not written. They're heard. And that's, I remembered that when I had this song come during prayer because it was like I heard it. I just heard it. And so I don't know what's messing with you, but I know the truth is 
Jesus she played part of is it. she played part Lord. of it for me and then I heard when she was playing that I heard something else and so this is it so you just take this we just hear things. and you just ride you can go ahead and you ride through whatever it is that's trying to get your attention with the truth Listen, but remember, Jesus is Lord of all. He will bring peace and calm right in the midst of a storm. Jesus is Lord, yeah. I will not be. I can stand strong and say He is my help every day. Jesus is Lord. Yes. Oh, don't forget it. Jesus is Lord.
love coming out here for two reasons. I want to make sure you can hear the music. Oh, because I can hardly hear. I want to go, Jesus is Lord. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't think we're Well, your hair goes, wow, he's Lord. You say, why? Because it's the greatness of who he is that changes everything. There's a divine mandate upon this church, and you must finish. And there is there is a glory. There is a glory that's being seen all over the world. But I'm telling you, this church carries the anointing, Holy Ghost Church, Word of Faith Church, Spirit of the Living God Church, Soul Winning Church, Prayer Church, Moving in the spirit what does that mean that means if there's teaching you listen if there's running you run if there's shouting you shout if there's dancing you dance if there's praying you pray if there's praising you praise you do whatever the Holy Ghost and the river is going and you love no matter what no matter what anybody says to you no matter what anybody says about you it doesn't matter you're not offended because you are full of love love God's love. You think Jesus is offended? Well, John, don't lay on my breast. I know what you're going to do in just a few minutes. You're going to run. Do I have to love him? He's going to run. He's going to leave me. He's going to deny me. Peter, I know what you're going to do, you booger. No. God is forgiving. He's love. He doesn't think about stuff. He doesn't judge people. He doesn't just sit there and go, well, I'm in here. I'm in. No, you know, well, if they hadn't done that, then I wouldn't have felt this way. You know, if, you know, it's their fault. Well, you know, if the world didn't do it, well, if they hadn't. Aren't you glad we're free? Oh, hallelujah. Let me tell you, the only movement Thank I'm a God. part of is the move of God. Thank God. Come Thank on. God. It didn't get started by what you did. It got started by what God did. Because these pastors have a divine mandate, and that's the reason you're here. If we don't walk in it, who will? If we are offended all the time, who's not going to be? If, listen, Holocaust happened to my people. I get it. I'm Jewish. But that was then. I... A man came up to me in Switzerland. He said, I can't believe you're back here and you're Jewish after everything that we all did to the Jews. And I said, that wasn't, that, I said, that has nothing to do with me living today. That has nothing to do with me walking in love. That has nothing to do. Well, if you did something against me, that's not my deal. It's none of my business. My business is to walk in God's love. My business is to continually forgive, forgive, forgive. But you don't know what they did. But you don't know what Christ did. Forgive. If we're going to be the church that God's called us to be, and I believe you are, we have got to do that. We're here to do that. God is love. We shine. We become it. We just don't walk in it. We become it. We become it. We become it to somebody else. We're different. We're different, church. We're different. Yeah, but you know, they ought to have done that. They shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have. Who gives a rip what they did? It's up to you to do what God did in you. It doesn't matter. We're not there. We're not looking for somebody to meet our needs. He already met our needs. Somebody said, lady said, I went to this church. And there just wasn't any love there. And no one even showed it to me. Well, there should have been. She walked in. You understand what I'm saying? You said, yeah, but they shouldn't have done that. Well, maybe they're in trouble and they need your prayers or they wouldn't have done it. Obviously, they have a problem. You don't have a problem. They have the problem. You're okay. I was walking around my room, and I said, Lord, I'm not going to take anymore. 
I'm not taking anymore. Oh, you'll never change. Oh, your past. Oh, what of this? Oh, you know this. Oh, that, you know. People don't understand. And I said, I've still got to tell people about Jesus. Everywhere I go, it's somebody's grandson. It's somebody's granddaughter. It's somebody's grandmother. They're waiting for somebody to come across their life. I'll do it. I'll say it. And the devil says it'll never change. But they're going to hell. They're leaving. They're going to hell. What if I, what your friends, you're walking around at school and your friends look at your look in the hall. They're gonna waste their life if you don't if you don't help them. Time is short. It's valuable. Don't just let them, don't just think it's nothing. Help your friends. Do whatever you need to do. Pharaoh was chasing God. Pharaoh was chasing the, the, the slaves. You know, he was chasing them because he thought he still owned them. I still own you. You're mine. God says, <laughs> I'm delivering my firstborn, my children. And so I was walking around my hotel room. I just started singing this song. Hallelujah. Come on up and here. I was marching like this. Right around my room, my little dog was following me. And this song just came out. And I'd... I don't know if you have a Pharaoh trying to bring you back. But the truth is, you're not a slave anymore. I'm not a slave anymore to sin and sickness. I'm not a slave anymore to my flesh. No, 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 no. The devil, he thought he had me. But Jesus rose from the dead, set me free. I'm not a slave anymore to my flesh. I'm not a slave anymore to sin and sickness. Oh, I was just. I'm not a slave anymore to my flesh. No, 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 no. The devil, he thought he had me. Jesus rose from the dead, set me free, I'm not a slave anymore, to my flesh. The devil told me, you'll never be able to see again, my voice was down to a whisper. I cried one day, then I said, I'm going to speak to it, yeah, 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 yeah. So I took Mark 11, 23, and I said, you can't stay on me. And I'm a, a singer today, cause I ain't no slave. I'm not a slave. I'm not a slave, slave anymore. I'm not a slave to sin and sin. I'm not a slave anymore to my flesh. No, 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 no. Never said I'm gonna kill you with cancer, but I read God's word and I found the answer. My lungs were bad from smoking too much. Don't, don't do it, kids. The doctor in Palm Springs says it looks like there's no hope right after my show. But I had a Jewish Southern Baptist Pentecostal mother on her knees praying for me. And love as you can see. Hey, hey, I'm not a slave. Sin has lost its grip on me. I'm not a slave anymore to my flesh. No, 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 The devil, he thought he had me. But Jesus rose from the dead, set me free. I'm not a slave anymore to my flesh.
not a slave anymore to my past. Oh, the devil, he thought he had me, but Jesus dynamite power set me free. I'm not a She crossed over. She didn't go. Tinkle, tinkle. Tinkle, tinkle. She went, woo! Because you see, if you still think you're a slave, you're a slave to your past, you're a slave to your personality. I, people tell me all the time, I'm just quiet. I was born this way. Christians, we have no excuses. The precious blood, he sent his son, the blood, the blood, the blood. We have no excuses to our personality quirks. I was born this way. Now my wife, she's the one. You know, if you think like that, then we have to agree with what the world says. I was born this way. I can't change. That's not true. Anybody could change because the power that was released at the death, burial, and resurrection, that's why we have good news. If nothing else happens while this night is over, I urge you, it's urgent. They need Jesus. They need the Bible. Billy Graham, he said it was urgent. Tell them about the love of God and tell them it's in the Bible. It's urgent. And demand a response. We can't say we're born this way. Well, it's my culture. Well, it's my this. Well, it's my that. No, everything changes at the cross. Everything changes at the resurrection. Everything, all those men that followed Jesus, they were all different people. But after the resurrection, they were all wild. It's no longer, you know, I, you know, I'm just kind of 8.30, I'm out of here. We are the church of the almighty God. Born again forgiven, filled with power, blood-bought. The very life and love of God is all inside of you. When I walk by somebody, I know he's in me, and I have to say something, do something. People are always looking at me, what is it about you? It's Jesus. Praise God. Do you want anybody to go to hell? 
set a fire. I don't know what to do with my kids. Do they see the fire in you? Do they see you praying? Do they see you say, well, you got to fight. I do fight. Send the laborers, Lord. Send the laborers, Lord. Send the laborers and give pastors the unction and the anointing to speak and preach and do what they're supposed to do in this hour. I do pray. Shake them, wake them up. Their future, God. There's a future. There's a future. There's a future. And I that's what I kept seeing when I saw you the other day. If I can't get it all out now, I will get it at some point. Because I've been taking authority on I've been pleading the blood over you and taking authority over the enemy. For any plan to stop in Jesus' name. He has said, I will strengthen you for all that I have called you to do. And the strength of God enables you to be what you could not be any other way. Enables you to do what you could not do. To go where you could not go. But with His strength, it puts a road through the middle of the desert. It builds up valleys and brings mountains down and the Spirit of God brings His presence. Oh, makes a new sound. A sound to be heard that causes things to turn. Causes things to change. Supernatural intervention in the affairs. Oh, through the power of His name. So trust in Him this hour. Rise in His strength and declare, I have strength for all things through Christ who has made me who I am and has said I will always be there hallelujah hallelujah there's an adding to in the, in the, as you walk with God he adds to he builds on what what you've done you know that's why he says in Hebrews 13 verse 8 says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever but verse 7 says remember those who spoke the word of God to you and it says, following their faith, considering their end. For Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he's saying is, what Jesus Christ has done yesterday, remember those who brought the word to you, follow their faith, considering their end, because the same Jesus that brought them through all the way through is the same Jesus who will do the same thing in you. Yesterday, today, and forever. Sometimes in our culture today, we always think there's got to be something different. But have you ever thought maybe we just need to have something that's sure? And the things of God are sure and they'll make you sure. I think I've never known a time when people are, you know, uh, uh, hopelessness and, and depression and, and uh, just, uh, just no, no purpose, just suicidal tendencies is, are greater than they've ever been. And yet there is a, a work from God that endures, greater. endures, endures. And when that work is at work in you, it helps you endure. I was... Uh, thinking about some things this afternoon and I, I read this story I've read it before but I, I, there was something I saw today and I want to give it to you tonight um, I, I read I like to read this quote it's a good good um, understanding of what the, the word I'm going to give you says William Booth who was the founder of the Salvation Army Y'all are familiar with the Salvation Army. William Booth was the founder of the Salvation Army. He made this statement. He said, what are you living for? What is the deep secret purpose that controls and fashions your existence? What do you eat and drink for? What is the end of your marrying, your giving in marriage, your money making, your toiling and planning? Is it the salvation of souls? The overthrow of the kingdom of evil? The setting up of the kingdom of God? If not, you may be religious, but I don't see how you can be a Christian. 
Then he made this statement. Most Christian organizations would like to send their workers to Bible college for five years. I would like to send our workers to hell for five minutes. That would prepare them for a lifetime of compassionate ministry. Now, I know that may be a little overwhelming to some of you. I know it's not to you. He said most Christian organizations would... No. Most Christian organizations... They can't hear you. That's good. Most Christian organizations would like, we just keep you entertained the whole way, you know. We don't have to tell jokes. We just, most Christian organizations would like to send their workers to Bible school for five years. I would like, he said, I would like to send our workers to hell for five minutes. That would prepare them for a lifetime of compassionate ministry. When I read this statement, I thought of the story, pastor friend of ours was uh, at lunch with someone who started a, a ministry to street uh, kids, uh, kids who came off the streets in New York City. And the reason he started this ministry is because as a young boy, I don't remember how old, but young, he was left on the street of New York City by his mother. Eight, she said, he says eight, she says 11. So it was young in that area. He, he, was, he was left on a street corner. His mother took him there. She said, I'll be back, and she never came back. So he stayed on that street corner until a man, a Christian man, noticed him, and he didn't have the money, so he borrowed the money to send this young boy to a Christian camp so he'd have a place to stay. And at that camp, this young boy who'd been abandoned by his family, a hopeless life for many, met Jesus. And when he met Jesus, it changed his heart. And instead of growing up bitter and growing up without, uh, with such a great uh, uh, loss in his life, growing up with resentment for what someone had done to him, he grew up reaching out and bringing many thousands to the same knowledge he had of Jesus. And he was talking to this uh, pastor friend of ours, and they were having lunch, and, and this pastor friend of ours was telling us this story, and he said, I asked him, I said, how do you do it? Tell me how you do it, you know, just such a tremendous work. And he said, he leaned back in his chair, and he looked at him, and he said, oh, Pastor Mike, you don't need to know how I do it. You just need to know why. Because if you know why, you'll figure out how. When I read this statement by William Booth, I thought about that story. Because that's exactly what William Booth was saying. Five years of Bible school, you might learn how to do it. But if you don't know why you're doing it. He said, I'd la I, he said the reason he said I'd like to send our workers to hell for five minutes, because he said... That would prepare them for a lifetime of compassionate ministry. When you know why you do it, you'll figure out how. And I'm telling you, God's got an answer to the cry, the desperate cry of this world. He has an answer. The world's in trouble. They know they're in trouble. They just don't know what to do. The movements that are started by man are there to try to answer the cry of a hurting uh, a damaged world, but the only movement that will ever answer that cry is the movement that was started on the cross of Jesus Christ. And he walked through death, hell, and the grave, and he took the pain, and he took the sickness, and he took the sin, and he rose up without it so that you could rise up without it too. And so the answer to the cry, I believe there's an answer. And I find myself looking for a way to express that to a world that is about to give up. But aren't you glad it's not too late? I, I was thinking of this story and I, I, I uh, in the la reading through some things in the, the New Testament, uh, 
looking Acts chapter 2 when uh, Peter got up to preach on the day of Pentecost and he got up on the day of Pentecost and began to quote the uh, uh, prophet Joel and he began to quote out of Joel chapter 2 it shall come to pass in the last days I will pour out of my spirit uh, on all flesh and he said your sons your daughters will prophesy your your young men will see visions old men will dream dreams that's because they sleep more and your <laughs> just joking men servants and maid servants I'll pour out my spirit in those days they will prophesy I'll show wonders in heaven signs in the earth beneath blood fire vapor smoke the sun turned to darkness the moon to blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord and we see all these different ways that he will demonstrate who he is and and validate what he is doing but it says and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Woo! You say, how? What is all of this for? He said, don't forget why it's happening. So that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The same quote is in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, the, uh, where, he, where Paul is uh, preaching. And he says to the church in Rome, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everyone without exception who calls on his name will, will be saved. What is it that took Paul through the many uh, uh difficulties of his life and he made it all the way through without stopping he knew why he was there he knew whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved and it goes on and it says in verse 14 how then a lot of hows how shall they call on him of whom they have not believed how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard how shall they preach or hear without a preacher and how Shall they preach unless they are sent? I like to say, how shall they preach unless they know why? Hallelujah. There's a lot of a desperate uh, uh, ha uh, hows. How shall they call on him of whom they have not believed? But all the hows, there must be somebody who knows why. In Acts chapter 16, it says that Paul and Silas were uh, uh, going into a certain region. In verse 10, they were going through a certain region. They were actually trying to fulfill the mandate and go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We got a, you could say, a trumpet sound of good news to a dying world. It's a loud sound. It's a sound. You know, the gospel, by its de very definition, is a sound. Woo! It's a sound of release. It's a sound of deliverance. It's a sound of redemption. And Paul and Silas are in Acts chapter 16. They're going into a certain area. But it says in verse 10, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. And they came to Mysia, tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit would not permit them. In other words, they were trying to go a certain direction. And the Holy Spirit was saying, no. Have you ever had that happen to you? Have you ever wanted to do or, or go or, 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 or just involve yourself in something and you knew the Spirit of God didn't want you to do it? Well, that's how they felt. You think I, you might wonder why would that happen? What is it that, uh, what is it? Why? Now, there's lots of reasons, but I think this one that we see in, in this portion is kind of just like a, you know, you could say it's a, a general truth that helps you identify specific um, uh, uh, times in your life when something is going on. And he says, after uh, they came to uh, uh, Mysia, they came down to Troas in a vision. It's verse 9 of Acts 16. Appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him and said, come over to Macedonia and help us. And the Bible says when he, they had, after he had seen this vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. 
I like how it says it in the message Bible. It says, this dream gave Paul his map. In other words, he, you know, you could say, anybody ever had their GPS reroute them? Let me ask you this. Has anybody ever followed their GPS and needed the GPS to be updated? Aren't you glad that God has got an update to your GPS? And I'm telling you, some of y'all, I'm telling you the answer, the cry is loud and the answer must be heard. And it's updating your GPS. You could call it God's positioning system. Getting an update in your heart from God time. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, this is almost 41 years, and I have this sense of, you know, sometimes in life, things happen that try to just reroute you in the wrong way. You know, they try to silence you, which is what Cindy was trying to say before I'm not a slave. Things happen that try to silence you, that try to shut you up, that try to get you to back off. But I'm here to tell you. You'll shut your own self up. You're not a slave. You're not a slave. You've been set free. Pharaoh is not your master. Jesus is Lord. And Paul and Silas are going on the journey, and they realize we must go. The Bible says they said we have to go. We have to go. Oh, I'm telling you. Woo! I, well, I'm trying to be. It's Wednesday night, I know. But this is our Wednesday night with you. So they ran. Uh, they got, went to, uh, it does say they ran a straight course. I just kept moving. And they started going straight. We got to answer that. We got to answer that cry. Come over here and help us. And so they came into this area. And as they go into this area, they come. The Bible says the first city is Philippi. So they're going into Macedonia. And they come to Philippi. And in Philippi. They meet a lady named Lydia, and they, her whole household gets baptized. And then they're walking through the street. And as they walk through the street, a little girl is telling fortunes. And the Bible says that he turns and he says to her, Come out of her, you unclean spirit. Ooh, aren't you glad supernatural help is ours to fulfill the mandate and take the message of the gospel to the world? And the Bible says that as she was set free, that the men who were making money off of her were very upset. You say, well, if they get free, people everywhere are going to just say, yay, let's just, let's Jesus, let's all worship Jesus. Not everybody will say that. I'm just telling you, not everybody will say that. And you say, why is that? Because they're sold out somewhere else. You know, the Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart will be. It's not that your heart, that's your heart. It's just that your treasure will cause your heart to change. That's your heart will be there. So watch where your treasure is. Watch what has its value on you. And so the Bible says that as they, uh, 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 this little girl gets set free, uh, they, were, they were so upset, they cried out, and they said uh, they, they, they took them to the authorities, and they dragged them into the marketplace, and they, they, they said, uh, these men are get, bringing trouble to our city. Trouble. Anybody been told that you're a problem because you love Jesus? If you've never been told that, you don't need to oh, just turn on some news channels because they will bluntly tell you that we need to uh, quit and do not talk about Jesus or the things of God, that we need to forget those things. But I'm here to tell you that God will not be forgotten by the people that are crying out for him. And the Bible says that when they took Paul and Silas, they put them into jail and they put them in the uttermost prison. They literally put them in a place that they thought they would never be heard from again. Don't ever shut up, kids. And the Bible says, and the Bible says that they were in this prison. Now watch this, because this is real important. You want them to, you want them to watch you? And the Bible says... 
I'm glad, you know, after 41 years, we still can in, uh, inspire each other. And they, they says, and the Bible says that they, after they had uh, uh, beat them and, and stripped them and embarrassed them and thought this would be the end of it, they put them into the inner prison, fastened their feet in stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. The prisoners were listening to them. Prisoners are listening to you. And the Bible says that when they heard them, I keep, I keep hearing you. So, uh, they, and when they heard them, uh, uh, suddenly there was a great earthquake and the foundation of the prison was shaken. Immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. Listen. And the keeper of the prison awoke from sleep. He saw the prison doors open. He thought the prisoners had fled. So he drew his sword and he was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm. We are all still here. Now listen, those same prisoners that were listening to Paul and Silas pray and sing hymns to God, the same prisoners whose chains fell off, the same prisoners who were there in the same jail were all still there. Now, you might be doing some good praying and you might be doing some good singing when you can keep people at church past 8.30 on Wednesday night. But when you can keep people in prison after the doors open and their chains fall off, brother, you got a good meeting. And I was thinking about this today. See, Paul and Silas were there through no wrong of their own. They had done nothing wrong, but those prisoners were there because of what they had done. They were guilty, you could say, but when they heard what Paul and Silas were praying and singing about, it was not just something that made Paul and Silas look to God. It made the prisoners look to God. And I'm here to tell you, I don't know why you're in jail. I don't know if it's because of what you did or what someone else did that's trying to chain you up. But I'm here to tell you, it's your day to be free and I'm here to tell you that no matter I just think it's amazing because this was the testimony to the jailer that there was a God who would deliver all the prisoners were still there I'm here now listen could you hold that sister I'm here to tell you that I don't know if you're in this church because someone uh, else did something that you got delivered from with Jesus or it was something you did. But the fact is, because Jesus is Lord of all, we are still here. You say, why are we? Do you know why you're still here? Are you still here because you paid off all your debt? And you know how to do good business? Is that why you're still here? No, that's not. The reason you're here is the same reason that the Bible says when Paul called to a loud voice and said, we are still here. In one translation, he says, don't give up. Don't give up. What causes a church to endure? Why do we endure through the difficulties of our own life or what someone else's life has caused us? How are we able and why do we endure? We are still here so that when somebody cries and somebody is about to give up, we're there to answer that cry. Don't give up, he said. And the Bible says he felt called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas and said, what must I do to be saved? Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your household. Oh, Woo, he 
said, I'm here to tell you, don't let anything stop you. It was a midnight hour for Paul and Silas, but it was way past the midnight hour for the prisoners. But every single, you know, this was the beginning of the church in Philippi. You do know that, don't you? You wonder why Paul wrote things in the book of Philippians like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Words like, it is God who is at work in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. Words like, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, because these guys were set free and the church that he was writing to was a church that knew it was not just something they received, but it was something they had to give to their world. Amen. The prisoners have been set free. It is our day. They would not give up and they did not shut up. And because they were, uh, 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 they, they were not going to give up, they were still there. They were still there. Listen, church, I don't know, 25 years, is that right? Yep. You're still here. Know why you're still here and you'll be here for another 25 more. I've got to hurry. This, this one verse, I've got to read this and we're done. We're going to sing one song and then we're going to uh, just, uh, just let, this, just let this, the anointing, the presence of God work in our hearts for just a moment. This story tells you and helps you to understand the truth. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's a story from a book called The Last Hero of the Titanic. It tells the story of a widower named John Harper who was on board the Titanic when it set sail out of England. It's some of the wealthiest people in the, land, in the world were on this ship. Many passengers who were speaking of business deals, acquisitions, material desires. John Harper was on the boat diligently sharing the love of Christ with everyone, which is his testimony uh, from others who survived. On the evening of April 14th, as passengers danced in the ballroom and tried their luck at the card table, John Harper put his daughter to bed and read his devotions as he did every night. At 11.40 p.m., the Titanic struck an iceberg. The unsinkable ship was now doomed. Either in disbelief or unaware at the time, passengers continued about their pleasures. It wasn't until the ship's crew sent up a series of distress flares that passengers realized the seriousness of the situation and chaos ensued. It all happened so fast, but John Harper's response left a historic example of courage and faith. He awoke his daughter, picked her up, wrapped her in a blanket before he carried her up to the deck. There he kissed her goodbye and handed her to a crewman who put her in lifeboat number 11. Harper knew he would never see his daughter again. His daughter would be left an orphan at six years of age. He had been rebuffed by a certain man because he uh, had presented him the offer of salvation. He went up to him and gave his life jacket to the fellow passenger saying, you need this more than I do. From survivors, we learned he was calling out women, children, and the unsaved into the lifeboats. Woo, that makes my skin tingle. He understood there was more important thing than surviving. He understood there were those who were unprepared to face eternity. As the sound of terror and mayhem continued, he focused on his God-given purpose. Survivors reported seeing him on the upper deck on his knees, surrounded by terrified passengers praying for their salvation. At 2.40 a.m., the Titanic disappeared beneath the North Atlantic, leaving a mushroom-like cloud of smoke and steam above Above her grave and tragically now over a thousand people including John Harper were fighting for their lives in the icy water he managed to find a piece of floating wreckage to hold on to remember he didn't have a life jacket uh, um, quickly he swam to every person he could find urging them to put their faith in Christ saying to them whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved he would ask them, are you saved? If they didn't understand it, he would, the terminology, he would as rapidly as he could explain the gospel. But soon, he too succumbed to the ICC. But even in his last moment, this tireless man of undying faith continued to win lost souls. 
You say, how do you know that? Four years after the tragedy at a Titanic survivor meeting in Ontario, Canada, one survivor got up to recount his interaction with John Harper in the middle of the icy waters of the Atlantic. He said, quote, I am a survivor of the Titanic. I was one of only six people out of 1,517 to be pulled from the icy waters on that dreadful night. Like hundreds around me, I found myself struggling in the cold, dark waters of the North Atlantic, the wail of the perishing ringing in my ears when there floated by me a man who called out to me, Is your soul saved? I heard him call out to others and, 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 and as he and everyone around him sank beneath the water. He testified he was clinging to ship's debris when Harper swam up to him a second time, challenging him with a biblical invitation, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. He said, I had rejected, he rejected the offer once, but given a second chance, he said, quote, there, alone in the night, with two miles of water under me, I cried to Jesus Christ to save me. This new believer was then rescued by a returning lifeboat. As he concluded his remarks at the Ontario meeting of survivors, he simply stated, I am John Harper's last Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's a call that answers the cry of a desperate world. Oh, Lord, we thank you that your glory, your presence fills this earth and causes light to shine where darkness has tried to rule. We trust you, Lord. And we make a fresh commitment to be a witness to this world, this hour. You deserve the glory and the honor. We lift our hands and worship as we lift your holy name. You deserve the glory Oh, in the honor We lift our hands and worship As we lift you holy name You are great You do miracles so great There's no one else like you
ask you a question tonight. Maybe somebody brought you, said it's just a little music group. You thought, oh yeah, I'll come. What could it hurt? Maybe you've never publicly, little kids, husbands, wives, maybe you've never publicly asked Christ to be your Lord and Savior. It's urgent. They love you so much, that's why they brought you. Or maybe you're here and you're a Christian, but you've just kind of let the world and things and sports and activities and everything get in the way of why you were, why you're breathing. Say, Lord, I, I got to recommit myself, man. I'm, I'm way off. My GPS, man, I, I'm, I'm way off. I got to update. Life is not about all this stuff. Life is about everywhere I go, do they know you? That's my reason for living. Any, any of those, or maybe you need to get spirit-filled and pray in other tongues tonight. It will be fast. 49 got spirit-filled the last service we were at. 43. No, 49, I have it in my notes. A lady had stroke for two years, got up This and is what we're gonna do. She hadn't walked. Because I know what time it is. He's always moving, he's always. Tonight, Listen. do you know Christ? If that's you, why don't we do this real quickly? I'll, we'll just say one prayer. Everybody stand. Would you do that for me for we'll just, just a moment? We'll just say one prayer. I know it's Wednesday night, and, but you know what? We came here to stir the water. Cause in your heart those things that God's put in there to rise to the surface. It's oh, a new day. Oh, rise. Rise. Oh, it's much more than a voice to sing. It's a voice that proclaims. Hallelujah. Go ahead. So if that's you, just get out of your seat. You say, I, I, I need to answer this. You see what happens We're when you answer? We're just going to say one prayer, Cindy. Right it now. causes the, your faith to meet with God's promise, and when that happens, explosive things happen. Dreams are revived. Just go, if that's you, if you've never been born again, if you are born again, but you know you need to make, uh, 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 you just need to make a fresh dedication of your life to the you, will you, of God. You know you're oh, you're not filled with John the Holy Harper. Spirit. Just come. We're going to sing it one time. You are great. Come on, you do miracles. Any, any so teenagers, great. any kids, any adults? There's no one else like you. you say, I need an update. Come on. There is no one else like you. You to reprogram tonight she she sees am I the only one in this room that every time I hear that story I think I'm so far away from her. am I the only person in here who think does it did anybody get that besides me I'm just like <sighs> listen yeah yeah I don't know if you feel yeah. like I got I got things to do I got places to be and I get that but I'm here to tell you you are an answer to a cry, a desperate cry. Everybody lift your hands. Everybody who loves Jesus and who says, Lord, use my life for your glory. Right, okay. Everybody lift your hands and receive. Everybody say this prayer. Everybody say this after me. Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I make a fresh decision. I make a fresh decision. A fresh dedication. A fresh dedication. Of all that I am. Of all that I am. To you. To you. To your purpose. To your purpose. To your will. To your will. Move 
in me. Move. Use my life. Move through me. Use as my a life. demonstration. As a demonstration of your goodness. Of your goodness. Of your mercy. Of your mercy. I set aside. I set aside my itinerary. My itinerary. I say yes to you. I say yes to you. I yes to your will. Yes to your will. Yes to your plan. Yes to your plan. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For a fresh anointing. For a fresh anointing upon my life. Upon my life. In Jesus' name. Now lift both your hands and say glory to God. Glory to God. We hope you're inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you, and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him